This is Focal Point for the 22nd of April 2010. We know where you are. Welcome to Focal Point, the podcast that shows you how to tap into the power of the internet in your business and your life. Now it's over to your hosts, Chris Pudney and Gihan Pereira, for this week's edition. Hello, Chris. How are you going? I'm well, thanks, Gihan. How are you? I'm happy to be home. I've just been away on a little bit of a whirlwind trip to Melbourne for a few days to visit, to visit my brother and his wife and my new niece, and then to the Gold Coast and Sydney. In the Gold Coast, I was running a workshop, attending a conference, and then in Sydney, running that workshop again. So I've only just got back. So uh, listeners to this podcast will know where you've been as opposed to where you are. Yes, in fact, we're going to get onto that in, in today's podcast, but I didn't tell people uh, publicly wh- uh, where I was going and when I was going, except for the people who are coming to my workshop who had to know, of course. But in general, I didn't blog about it and didn't tweet about it. Uh, I was careful in terms of Facebook updates and things like that. And well, that's, in fact, the topic of today's podcast. Uh, and that's why I introduced this by saying, we know where you are. Probably the start of last year when we did our predictions for 2009, we predicted a significant growth in the idea of the mobile internet. In other words, people accessing the internet from their laptops and netbooks and PDAs and, and their smartphones. But even we were kind of taken by surprise to see just how much this has grown. And I think two things have led to that. So one is there are more wireless internet access points so people can either get through, uh, get to the internet online through either public access points or mobile phone networks. And secondly, the growth in Things like as Blackberry's, Apple's iPhone, phones based on Google's Android operating system, and even Google's Nexus One phone. And so one of the consequences of that is now easier than ever for us to know where you are. And this is a thing called geolocation, and you probably know a little bit more about the technical bits. Chris, do you want to talk about what geolocation actually is? Sure. So geolocation is the way in which services on the Internet are able to determine where you're located. And this can come about through depending on how you actually connect to the Internet. So if you've got a smartphone, it might have a GPS receiver in there, so that reveals your exact longitude and latitude or if you're using a mobile telephone then it's a cellular network and so the mobile telephone tower that you're connected to gives you gives away some of your locational information or perhaps you're connected to a wi-fi network with your notebook and so that wi-fi network might be at a particular cafe and, and its location might be disclosed or even if you're at home using your desktop pc then if you're using an adsl broadband connection then the telephone exchange that provides that connection its location um, can be looked up. So you probably noticed when you're doing searches, sometimes Google will give you um, searches that are most relevant to your location, and that's based on some, some geolocation information that's provided to Google. Right, so this sort of stuff, the idea that people know where you are isn't entirely new. In the olden days, we used to, when we were meeting up an event, we'd have to say things like, okay, we'll meet at gate B or at this entrance at such and such a time. Now, well, a few years ago, it was you could say, look, I'll text you when I get there and we'll find each other. And since mobile phones have become common, that sort of a way of meeting up, you don't have to schedule it in so much detail in advance, has become really common. But what's changed now is not just your friends who know where you are. Recently, the the web 2.0 internet tools that that have come on the scene recently open up this information to online friends, to fans, to followers. That's a good side. And then there's a bad side, which are thieves and stalkers and other criminals and maybe even worst of all, even marketers. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about what that means. We'll talk about the benefits, some of the dangers that you get, and just help you decide how you're going to use the technology to get the maximum benefit from it, but make sure that you also minimize your risk. 
And perhaps we could add, Gihan, that in, a, in addition to geolocation services that automatically determine your location, there's more explicit ways of uh, letting people know your location, and that's using microblogging and social networks to explicitly tell people where you are. That's, that's the other innovation that's come about with Web 2.0. I really want to emphasize that more than the other one, Chris. I, I agree with you. I think there's a technical, there, there are technical tools, and then there are social tools, and you've got to be aware of not only what your technology is doing, but just be a little bit aware of what you're doing yourself, and you may inadvertently give away information that, on reflection, you didn't want to. Absolutely. So let's have some examples. We've mentioned a few uh, vague, uh, vaguely or in passing, so let's look at some specific things. Cool. So, yeah, so some examples. Uh, Facebook and Twitter allow you to explicitly let people know where you are by updating your Facebook status with what you're doing and where you are or tweeting that kind of information. But more recently, Twitter has added a new feature where you can configure your profile such such that you accept, you say exactly where you are. So you, it's called Tweet With Your Location. Now, they've got some privacy controls over that in that you can turn it on and off and uh, that locational information will be either included in your tweet or removed from it and in fact you can remove all locational information if you make a mistake later on and realize that you've tweeted with your location but you want to delete that information so most of the social networking tools are becoming uh, locationally aware and allowing you to automatically include location information in addition to being able to explicitly um, divulge your location by updating a status or making a tweet Okay, another thing that I've noticed recently is YouTube has started uh, allowing you to stamp your videos with your current location. Uh, this is optional, but you can do it. And I guess if you're taking holiday videos, it's very easy for you to say, this is where I am when I'm taking the video, which could be quite handy, but could also be risky. Yeah, yeah. Now, Flickr, uh, one of the uh, a photo sharing websites, one of the very first and most well known, has for a long time allowed you to geotag your uh, your photos that you upload to the website. That's a really cool feature. If you want to look for um, images from a particular location around the world, then you can use that geotagging feature to find images that are taken in, say, um, St. Peter's Cathedral or any particular location you're heading to. Um, and in fact, Lots of mashups are making use of these geotagging services whereby, for instance, Microsoft, I think, are working on a competitor to Street View, which is Google's mapping service, whereby it takes geotagged photographs and superimposes them over Street View's, um, or their, their Street View service. So that's a really cool feature that makes use of geotagged photos. So we've talked about some of these uh, tools so far that have been around for a few years. I mean, they're still relatively new, but they have been around for a few years. But now there are sites cropping up. Um, there are two very big sites called Foursquare and Goala. They are available in Australia, but they haven't yet taken Australia by storm the same way they've taken, say, the US by storm, where the whole idea is that your location is the main feature. So when you're, when you're somewhere, you can uh, note that you're there, and you can become the mayor of that space if you happen to be there a lot. And that's a, the, the users of it see that as a cool feature. Uh, and part of what you do is say where you are. In fact, that is the main feature of those services. 
Yeah, and, and that's kind of cool, Gihan, in that you can um, ad hoc meet up with people that you happen to be friends with, and it's like a social network feature. You can find where your friends are and perhaps meet up with them spontaneously, um, but other people tag their homes as, and become mayor of their own home and divulge home information. Yeah, right, right. And the, the other one that I just came across very recently is the, the conference that I attended recently on the Gold Coast, National Speakers Association of Australia conference. They had set up a Twitter back channel, and and that's simply a way of saying that they had, uh, they encouraged people to be tweeting during the conference. And they had, in fact, they had a team of people that they set up as the tweet team, I think they called them, as well as encouraging anybody else who had a mobile phone or some sort of other PDA to be tweeting during the conference. So we could be sitting in a conference session and reading the tweet stream. So as people were speaking, I could be seeing what comments other people were making about that speaker or about the presentation. And interestingly, even people who weren't attending the conference, they could also tap into that Twitter stream and see what was going on. And many, many conferences are encouraging this now. It's not the first time I've come across it, in fact, personally, but it is becoming common. Okay. Okay, and last but not least, I would say that there are at least a few dozen applications on my iPhone that ask me for permission to know my location. So by default, the iPhone doesn't allow applications to automatically know your location, but it pops up a little box saying, uh, am I allowed to know where you are and am I allowed to use that location? And more and more of them are doing that. So I I see a trend towards applications becoming location-specific. And even sometimes in unusual cases, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but applications that I think don't need to know where I am are still asking me for permission. I don't know whether that's the... CIA secretly trying to find out what I'm up to. Yes, I'm sure they are, Gihan. <laughs> so we've got some. So we've gone through quite a few examples, and that's just to give people a flavour of what is available at the moment. And as you said earlier on, priests, there are two kinds. So there's some of that is like the iPhone apps that automatically look after your location, or the the Twitter tweet with your location feature, which are built into the technology. Um, and equally, there's the other group, which are where you yourself choose to disclose where you are. So if I was posting to that Twitter stream at the conference, then people would know that I was at the conference. So we're going to talk about the benefits and the risks, and let's start talking about the benefits, Chris. Let's talk talk about the positives of being able to have this geolocation built into your phones and even having the ability to have mobile devices where you can tell people where you are. So let me talk about something that's coming up in the future, and then we'll look at some of the things that are already available. Uh, one of the things that's happening with the iPhone is this idea of push technology, which allows marketers to who know where you are to send you special offers. So if you're driving by a restaurant and you've, accept, you've allowed that restaurant to send you tweets or messages when you're passing by, it can automatically send you a little SMS or a little message to your phone um, with a special offer. Now, I'm presuming that this is going to be permission-based, but it doesn't have to be. And I heard a rumor on some, uh, about the iPhone advertising technology, slightly different from this, but I've, I've heard about it being talked about, that Steve Jobs has said to uh, iPhone app developers that the, the la- later versions of the iPhone are now going to allow them to advertise in the middle of you using an application and they're looking at like every three minutes so you could have an ad popping up every three minutes on your iPhone and this is not even to do with the push technology but it doesn't surprise me that that Apple and other companies who are producing smartphones are enabling this sort of technology to allow marketers to get to you and annoy you and harass you even when you're out and about and not sitting in front of your computer. That's an interesting rumor because I can imagine that that detracts substantially from the iPhone experience which uh 
which Apple are keen to control. So I can only imagine the iPhone, if this is true, then iPhone or Apple would be getting a cut of any advertising revenue. Yes, and that's the way it works anyway, Chris. So Apple does get a cut of the advertising, and that's what they want to do. And I think, ironically, even though I started this saying that we're going to talk about benefits, we've already started talking about one of the one of the downsides. But the benefit of this is that you you get targeted advertising. So if you, if it is permission based, where you can say I'm interested that whenever I'm driving past a certain group of restaurants, let's say a band of restaurants get together and decide to have this sort of technology, that if I'm looking for somewhere to eat, I will get ads, ads which are specific to where I am. So it's close to where I am, and there's presumably special offers or discounts or, or something like that. So that is a benefit. Yeah, okay. Uh, as I mentioned previously, when you introduced uh, Foursquare and Goala, there they uh, allow you to they have a social network aspect as well as a location based uh, feature so that allows you to find out where you are and where your friends might be so if you happen to be out and about having coffee uh, you can use these services to determine whether any of your mates are nearby and perhaps hook up with them and you know go out for a drink or share a coffee or go and see a movie together so it's part of this more spontaneous way of socializing that these location-based services allow you to do that also have a social network aspect to them yes and the other part of that is that it doesn't always have to be asynchronous so the the benefit you talked about is exactly right chris that if somebody else happens to be around at the same time it's useful because you might be able to connect with them but there are other apps which allow you to for example post reviews of places where you are, and then people coming along later can read those reviews. So I've got an app on my iPhone called Bean Hunter, uh, B-E-A-N, which is about coffee beans, and what that allows me to do is when I'm driving around or when I'm I'm traveling, I can turn on that app, it'll find cafes and coffee shops close to where I am, and it will give me reviews that other people have left. Um, And when I go to that coffee shop, I can post a review myself, and it records it uh, with that location. So I'm doing reviews, and I can find reviews that other people have written of places that are close to me. I thought you just had to avoid Starbucks, Gihan, and that was enough. (laughs) I was going to say Starbucks, and (laughs) I decided not to. (laughs) So the the other thing around that is, and when you're on the road, when, when you're traveling, when you have one of your mobile devices... You can say, find things near me. So um, things like Google are now building in, well, Google has built in location-based search. So, for example, when I was in Sydney recently um, for this two-day workshop that I was running, I was looking for a gym close to where I was uh, just to go and get some exercise on the on Sunday. And with in Google, I just typed in the word gym, and it gave me the option to find gyms near me. So because Google knew where I was through the GPS function on my iPhone, it was able to narrow down the search to just where I was. Rather than me having to try type in Jim Camaray Sydney, it knew where I was, so therefore it was able to do that do that filtering for me. And you'll find this, if you don't have to be traveling to do this, you'll find this even with your own, um, if you're in your home or your office and you do a Google search, it, if it is a, some sort of location-based search, it will try and make an educated guess and give you the results that are closest to you first. Yeah, it certainly does that. Uh, just when I'm using my desktop uh, to search Google, often the ads are for Western Australian companies, so it's able to infer my location and then serve up ads that are relevant to my particular location. Yep, yep, and I think it's not just big big services like Google, like I said, the Bean Hunter app also allows me, uh, allows me to do location-based stuff. So those sort of things are, are becoming easier for developers to tap into. Therefore, I think we're going to see more of them. 
And so I think that's definitely a benefit. So it's all good, Gihan, isn't it? Or are there some risks we need to talk about? Well, I reckon there are some risks as well. And I, I think that some people overplay the risks. Uh, but at the same time, on the other side of the coin, some people underplay them and don't even realize that there are some risks. When I was at the conference, when I first started, I decided not to post to that Twitter stream, that Twitter back channel that was set up at the conference because people would know that I was at the conference. Now, maybe I was being overly cautious. But that was a decision I made early on. But later, during the conference, there were things that I really didn't want to tweet about, and I did. So I posted a few tweets to that stream, and as I said earlier, anybody, not just people at the conference, not just people who were my followers, but anybody could see what was being posted to that stream. Yeah, yeah. And recently, a website was set up called pleaserobme.com to kind of highlight the risks that that are posed by using location-based services and things like Twitter to publish to publicly divulge your whereabouts. And I think the way that it worked was that it used Foursquare, where people had um, added their home address as part of their Foursquare profile, so they'd become mayor of their home address. And then whenever they tweeted their whereabouts, then you were able to find out their home address and you were able to infer that they were away from home, and so hence the name pleaserobme.com. So they, they only ran that service for a short amount of time just to bring to people's attention and to raise the awareness of this particular risk that uh, the digital criminal, as they're sometimes referred to, um, can determine where you live and can also use services like um, Twitter to determine when you're away from home. And it's, it's easy to overplay the risks, but I think... I think the uh, the thing that we could say is that um, these services do make it easier for criminals to determine things about where you live and when you're not at home and what the layout of inside of your house might be. Uh, but the risk is relatively small because the risk of being targeted is probably hasn't changed any more than it had before. So there's still a low risk of being robbed, but it does make it easier for criminals to find out where you live and when you're not at home or where you are if you want to be stalked. Well, I think at the moment the risk is lower, so I agree with you, Chris, that uh, it probably hasn't changed the risk much yet. But some of these services are becoming so easy to use now, and pleaserobme.com was a really good example of that, where the criminals don't have to be necessarily very tech-savvy. All they need to know is how to get access to a service that does all the hard work for them. And because some of, a lot of this information is publicly available and mashed up in a number of different ways that, uh, that make it easy to, for people to combine and filter and visualize, I don't think we're that far off where an ordinary criminal doesn't have to have a lot of uh, tech savvy to be able to then get a map of where they can of, of potential targets. Yeah, okay. However, I do, I do take your point about sometimes this may be overplayed. And I think when this Please Rob Me site first came out and there was a lot of controversy about it and, well, a, a lot of buzz about it and certainly mainstream media picked up on it because it was a good story, some of the, some of the more cautious tech people said, look, hold on a sec, uh, for most people, most professionals in most major cities of the world, we know you're not at home eight hours a day because you're out at work. So what's the difference? Are you just giving your, are you just disclosing your location at other random times? And what difference does it really make? Absolutely. Yeah. Should we move on to some conclusions, Gihan? I think so. I think so. Because I think we've said that we've there's some benefits to it and we have said there's some risks, but maybe you have to be careful about overplaying the risks, but also be aware of them. 
Yeah, and the other thing to think about is uh, a poll you drew my, drew my attention to, and that is how many people are actually using these kinds of location-based social networks. Um, do you want to talk about the results of that poll? Well, it, it just showed that at the moment, in summary, um, and we provide a link to this in the in the blog post for this particular episode, but in summary, it just showed that at the moment, very few people are using it. So it's, it's, it's got quite a bit of buzz in the tech sphere, so bloggers and, and techie bloggers are talking about it, and, and we're talking about the potential implications of it, but the ordinary person on the street, we don't know that they're, that, that they're out on the street because they're not using these services. Um, however, I think that's going to change, but at the moment, it's only a minority of people who are using them. Yeah, and that, that's talking about... Um I think it's going to change, Gihan, as you say, because we're going to see more and more people using smartphones and they're all going to have GPS devices, so the ability to automatically divulge your location is going to become ubiquitous. So that means that we need better controls. People need to be aware that uh, they're doing that sort of thing and perhaps controlling the way that they publish that information. Well, this has always been one of our objectives with the Focal Point podcast, hasn't it, Chris, that really what we're about is education. And in a number of the previous episodes where we've talked about new technology, one of the things we've said is, look, just understand the consequences of using it. We're not saying it's good or it's bad, but be aware that when you, just, when you use it, don't just jump in and use it without thinking about the implications and consequences. And that applies very much uh, for this topic as well. And another website that uh, has a similar aim is Confused.com. So they came up with three tips for uh, sort of controlling your locational privacy, as it's sometimes referred to. And that was things like not posting your home address and your personal telephone numbers on things like social networking services. You might think that only your good friends are seeing those sorts of things, but there are many examples where apps on Facebook, for instance, make that information available to other apps and to other, other people. And also not following people that you don't know on social networks. Perhaps you should be a, a bit more choosy in who you pick as friends and who you have as followers on Twitter uh, rather than just uh, all and sundry being able to find out information about you on social networks. And finally, uh, their recommendation was be cautious about using the, the location-based services like Tweet Your Location on Twitter and some of the location-based apps on Facebook as well. So if I can pick up on a couple of those points, Chris, I think the idea of being careful who you follow is a really important one. And just be aware that there are certain different circles of friends. So on Facebook, you can be very restrictive and you can say that, you've, that you can choose people to be in a very, very small circle of friends and you can set your privacy settings so only they can see the stuff that you provide to them and nobody else can. But with other tools which are more public, like Twitter, and blogging and podcasting, you really have no control over who can see or uh, monitor what you're doing. So you have to be a little bit more careful about things like that. Uh, it's a, and people are used to this in real life. They're used to, let's say, if you're chatting with friends at a restaurant and you're having a private conversation, you notice if there are people around you trying to eavesdrop on you. But you don't notice that so much in your digital environment, so you have to be aware of whether they can or not because you've got no idea whether they are or not. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing uh, is a really important point that you made, like turn off these services unless you need to use them, is just be careful of the, the, the I think you use the phrase, the temptation to overshare because if you don't need to share information, just don't. Don't. Like, don't automatically turn off your privacy settings or don't automatically... Uh, give permission to everything. If an iPhone app, if an iPhone app 
asks you for your location and for permission to use your location, well, just think about do they need it or not. So obviously if it's something where it's a location-based service, then you'd say yes. But if it's not, just say no. And I generally, uh, my default action is to say no to things and not give permission rather than giving permission. Yeah, very good. And something that um, I've done ever since slipping up in our podcast uh, before Christmas last year, Gihan, where you foolishly asked me what I was going to be doing for the holidays, and I foolishly answered you and told you told people that I was going away. Uh, since then, I've been a bit more cautious, uh, and this includes things like tweets and Facebook status updates. Rather than saying what I'm going to do or what I am doing, where that includes uh, locational information, is instead to... Uh, publish that information after the fact, so to say where I've been or what I've done in the past, uh, rather than when it's coming up or when I'm doing it at the time. And I did the same thing. So when I was at the conference, there was one particular thing that I wanted to blog about, and so I took a photograph, published a blog post, but scheduled the blog post for yesterday, which is the day after I returned from the conference, uh, because there was no need for me to say, hey, I'm at this conference and this cool thing is happening. It lost no impact by me blogging about it a few days later after I returned home, and I think that's a good that's good advice as well, Chris. Yeah. So we're not going to overshare, but we are going to share some more good information. And our next podcast, Gihan, I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Yes. What are you doing in between, Chris? Are you going away anyway? <laughs> I'm preparing for our next podcast at home, cleaning my guns. Thanks very much, Chris. I'll talk to you then. We'll do. Bye, Gihan. Bye. You've been listening to the Focal Point Podcast. You can find us on the web at www.gihanperera.com forward slash podcast. That's G-I-H-A-N-P-E-R-E-R-A dot com. Subscribe to the podcast, listen to all our past issues, or leave us your comments and questions. We look forward to having you back next time.